Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The voice of Johnson County, Joko Community Radio. Oh, so welcome back, listeners, as uh, we come out of our snowmageddon, broadcasting live from Burlaska. I think it's uh, what we have the name of Burleson, Texas now, Burlaska. I've heard that several times. But, uh, man, uh, we had to pass up last week, not because we didn't have anything to talk about. We always have a lot to talk about, but we didn't have any power here. So those are some things that we're dealing with like everybody else, but uh, I'll tell you, we've we are really blessed. So you're listening to One, uh, which is a Bible study uh, podcast, and it's uh, based upon John 17, 22, where Jesus said, Father, the glory you've given to me, I've given to them, so that they may be one as I am one with you. And uh, we're going to finish the study of Luke chapter 6, uh, starting this point at verse 37 through 49. So we have 12 verses, and... Uh, there's a lot to be said in these 12 verses because we are dealing primarily with self-examination and in always it's like an ouch, man, who wants to deal with self-examination? But but here we go because when people say, what are you going to teach next? Well, what's next in the Bible? Well, 637 through 49. But before we jump into this, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to lead this discussion uh, because that's what we need to do. Uh, I'm not smart enough to. I just simply read God's Word and let it teach. But if you have any comments, feel free to make those. And uh, we're going to have Mr. William Cook lead us in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for today. And we thank you for bringing us back together and uh, uh, keeping us safe. Uh, We've had a a lot of tragedies in the area. Uh, Good friends uh, lost them in that big wreck. Mm. Uh, Father, and just, uh, you know, just what you took through this this city, this state, this country through, through that weather, Father. And, uh, Father, we just uh, ask you be with us tonight. Just lead us in your study. Um, empty us of ourselves, Father, and just fill us with your Holy Spirit. Uh, I pray that people that are listening, that if just just one person is touched tonight uh, by your hand, not by us, but by you, um, Father, that would be all well worth it. And we just give you the praise and glory in what you're going to do tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Man, I, you know, when when you pray, William, I love it. Because when you said the words empty us of ourselves, man, that's so true. Oh, yes. You know, because we get in the way. You know, I often tell people, you know, Jesus said, I will build my church. But I follow it up and say, even if Jason tries to help, 
because we get we we have good intentions, but the road to failure is paved with good intentions, you know. But but we we want to do what's right, but sometimes we get in the way, and and we're going to talk a little bit about things in that arena uh, of self examination. Um, but I'm I'm happy you're here. Now's a great opening prayer. So I'm going to read 37 through 49. And this isn't 82 verses. This, and this is, is this is Luke 6. Luke, Luke 6. It's the ending of Luke 6, 82 through 49. And again, Jesus is laying out the, the road for us to follow. So if you've, if you've got your Bible, go ahead and get it turned to Luke chapter 6, uh, 37. And I'm just going to start reading that. And let's just see what God's Word has to say, beginning at Luke 6, 37. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable, Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into the pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take the log out of your own eye, And then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of the evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream broke, the house, and when the stream broke against the house, it could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of the house was great. Okay, that is 37 through 49. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Just (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 not a chance. No. Not a chance. So, um... William and I go back and forth on what I'm about to say, but we won't press we won't press too much into that. But I love it because, um, you know, I can't be surrounded by yes men. I need men that have their own stance here. Verse 37 is parallel to Matthew 7 1. Was the very Matthew 7 1? That was the very first Bible verse that I ever memorized. Do you do, do y'all remember the very first one that y'all ever memorized? Yeah. Which one was it? Philippians 4.13. Okay, cool. Yeah. What did you remember? <laughs> what was it? <laughs> what was it? It's the one that everybody says, you know, um, uh, strengthen, you know, 
you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens okay, me. Okay, okay. Man, you okay. put me on the spot there real quick. Well, you know, you know, I should have to always remember I'm, it. Too. That's what I'm all about. Joe, what was the very first? Yeah. Romans eight twenty eight for all things. All things. What is it? All things together for good. You didn't. Romans eight twenty eight. That's my favorite. Listen. You didn't get us. You didn't tell us. You didn't well, prepare you didn't us, man. That, th- no. You don't. Hey, hey, this is a I know a snap I'm, quiz, huh? <laughs> it's like so. So listen, listen to my mind was Matthew seven one, and I got I learned it from the King James Bible. That's the Bible that my mom gave me, and it's and here it is: Judge not that ye be not judged. Yay! I picked an easy one. You know, yeah. I could I could say that the verse Jesus wept. Jesus wept is a short. But I'm not one. sure where that one is at. <laughs> but I know it's in there. Well, and next that, time I'm going to have that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That one's next, easy to remember. That's the shortest verse in the Bible. But uh, yeah, uh, Matthew seven one. So, and and that's not any big punchline here. I just wanted to point out that there are some parallels uh, that we're reading here in thirty seven. Judge not, and you'll not be judged. Matthew uh, seven one. Uh, judge not that ye be not judged. Um, I won't go much more into that, William, because I know that you've got. No, 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 no. We're okay. You know, it's a similar verse. It's 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 you know. It's the same verse. It's the same verse, but it's not. It's not at the <laughs> same. <laughs> it's not at the same time. Uh, we're, we're gonna we'll, we're we'll gonna, get on there. We'll we'll leave that one alone. But so I'll, you're saying that Jesus only preached his messages like on the Sermon on the Mount once in his life, or did he preach it? Like a traveling preacher, like he well, did at several different places. It's interesting that you say that because it does say uh, at six seventeen, and he came down with them and stood on a level place. Yes, and this is the the, the but, sermon on the plain at this but time. But he didn't preach there. All he did was heal there. And when he was in the middle of the people, he never taught. He always separated himself from the people when he taught. Yeah, out, so, on, the, out on the. Uh, the boat, the or, boat, or something like that, or yeah. stepping back okay, up okay, on the mount. Okay. Let's go on. <laughs> I love this. I love this guy. Uh, no, but it's, hey, it's just should be here Thursday night. Yeah, let me no, tell you. Our, our Thursday night Bible <laughs> oh, study. In there yeah. For that. yeah, we do, and, and this is open to all of our listeners. On Thursday night, we have a Bible study. From uh, uh, six, six to eight thirty, usually <laughs> no, six to seven thirty. Supposed, supposed to have good intentions of ending in one hour. Yes, yes. But, so you but, can but you can leave at that time if you need to. Yeah, you can leave at seven thirty if you need to. But literally, what we do is we go over what we're going to talk about, but we exhaust it some more and talk about it and, and go back and forth, and then we pray for each other. But it's at Lifegate on Thomas Street, Lifegate Church. Uh, I don't know the address to my own church. I just behind Hobby Lobby. It's behind That's Hobby. the way I remember. <laughs> it, so. Okay. All right. Uh, so I appreciate all the conversation here. So uh, as I said before, I think that we're entering on into what I call, and I've said it before, the Bible bowling alley, where Jesus is starting to give us a road to go down. And uh, with with Jesus, there are no gutter balls. He's like the bumper rails. You know, when you go to the bowling alley and you ask for the bumper rails to come up, I love it like that because I never have a gutter ball. I'm always scoring something. So you're guaranteed at least 10 points if you have the bumper rails up. <laughs> you, you, you'll get one, you'll you, get one you, pin every, t- yeah, every yeah, time. Yeah, at least, well, so. maybe more than that because I'm not sure how you score bowling because you get two, two shots. So maybe 20 points. But anyway. Enough of that. We're not talking about actual bowling. We're just talking about um, how Christ our Savior is giving us a lane to stay in. However, he's also our bumper rail because with Jesus there's no gutter balls. But one thing I want to point back to as we move into 37, remember at the beginning of 627, 
Beginning of 627, Jesus says, but and, and this is English Standard Version, but I say to you who hear. I say to you who hear. Some translations may say who would listen or who's been given ears, but he's talking about his teaching. Listening and hearing are two separate things. Yeah, that sounds like sounds like my wife right there. Oh right? My God. <laughs> That's a beautiful. Uh, I, listen, I take that sometimes, as a compliment because she's a beautiful lady. Yes. So I yeah, take that no, as a compliment. Yes, but I mean, sometimes we sit there and we listen to our spouse or yes. something, but we don't hear them. Or or our children. <clears throat> or our children. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what did I say? Uh, I, I don't know. So, but but here's another factor here. To hear and understand requires something after that it requires obedience and we're going to talk a little bit about that because Jesus is telling us now how to walk the road and with him he's got us but we still have goals to set so remember at the beginning of 627 but I say to to you who hear Jesus tells us how not to be judged that's great I'm all ears tell me Jesus how not to be judged because that's I want to live in a world where I'm not judged. And here's what he says. Judge not. Yeah. Don't be a judge. Don't take that position. We as Christians can advocate for considering other points of view. Although I'm very much aware of moral absolutes, we should still think before we speak and then still speak kindly. Don't let your words go out in judgment. And your mind stray in judgment. If you don't want to be judged, then judge not. And then he tells us how not to be condemned. And as he says these things, they're not suggestions. He's literally saying, hey, you want to know how to not be condemned? Well, let's look what the verse says. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. So I wanted to go a little further, because I know what judging is, but I wanted to look up a little more about condemn. All right? So condemn. So I looked at a couple of uh, uh, meanings. One is sentence to a particular punishment, especially death. Okay, that's one meaning of condemned. The other is more like an official use by municipals, with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Officially declared unfit for use. So like a goddamn building, huh? Yes. Yes. Officially declared unfit for use. So who are we to walk around... In our either our thoughts or 
worse off saying it, condemning somebody. Let's, I mean, we're officially declaring them. And I'm, I don't mean somebody goes down the road and says, there's Jason. I declare him unfit for use. But if you talk down about somebody, you don't know their circumstances. You don't right. know what they've been through. And it, you, you, it may be the worst situation. But at least if you hear, you might be a little more sympathetic. But as a matter of fact, don't get involved in it. Judge not. Condemn not. See how these lanes are starting to, he's starting to shine a light on the path that we should take. Judge not that you not be judged. Condemn not, you'll not be condemned. Okay? Jesus tells us how to be forgiven. You remember the old adage, love the sinner, hate the sin? Mm-hmm. It's easier said than done, isn't it? I'm telling you, I've got, uh, I've got children, so it's easier said than I love all y'all that are listening. I love you. But it's easier said than done because people oftentimes will make decisions and you go, what are they doing? I can't believe they're doing that. You don't know what they're going through. So love the sinner because Jesus loves sinners. We'll say that again. Jesus loves sinners. That almost sounds sacrilegious to say that, but he does. He didn't come for the righteous. He came for the unrighteous. Remember when we read, hey, a doctor is only there for those that are sick. Yep. You know, if you're not sick, you don't need a doctor. And he came for the unrighteous. He came for me. Praise God for that. All right. These are active things that we should be intentional in doing. All right. Because if you look at verse 38, give and it will be given to you. That's English standard version. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So verse 38, give and it will be given to you. How do you give something if it's not an action? You can't. No. You can't even you can't even give love without it being an action. Now you can give mercy by not acting at all, be merciful. But love is an action and giving is an action. And this comes right on the heels of telling us don't judge, be intentional about not judging. Don't condemn be intentional, be intentional, be intentional of not condemning. As a matter of fact... And then the last one there is, <clears throat> is forgiving. Yes. I want to read one of my favorite verses ever. Uh, Joe's, Joe's got it. It's Romans 8.1. I love this verse. <clears throat> Romans 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is n- now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yeah. And I I love that song, too, that there's a good song out there where she (laughs) sings that. But no condemnation for those that are in Christ. So people can say what they will. I am who he says I am, not who they say I am. So walk with your head up. You want to say something? Well, I mean, when you get through, I mean, a little bit there is, uh, you know, we're talking about do not judge. But the thing is, is that if you see your friend is destroying himself... You know, don't turn away from him, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, and don't look down on him either. You know, help him. You know, it, it, this this thing right here is a lesson that all of us Christians go through a lot of times is, is that we want to tell others what they're doing wrong, mm-hmm. and we don't want to look at, you know, and that's why they talk about the speck and all that, and you'll get mm-hmm, to that in a few mm-hmm. minutes, but we don't want to look at the the speck, the, the, the two-by-four we have across our head, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. But... We need to help people with humility. Yes. 
and with love. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. not the judging. And, and, you're, and you're not saying that we need to help them with their humility. We, we need <laughs> with with our our own humility, our humbleness, yes, and our love. That's yes. what. And and if and, and I'll tell you, um, I say this for me. If I can't do it, then I need to keep my mouth shut. And I say that being self-convicting. If I can't be nice about it, and, and I jack up all the time. I mess it up all the time. But I can't hit perfection, but it doesn't mean I shouldn't strive for those things. Right. I should, I and that, make that, it, you'll see that a little bit later when, yeah. when Jesus says in the end of this, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So when Jesus speaks like this, it's a promise that we can rely on, judge not, that you be not judged, condemn not, that you be not condemned. Uh, those those are not suggestions. He's telling you this is directly tied to this. Yes. So he's making promises to us. You never hear in the Bible where Jesus says, hey, guys, I promise. <laughs> his word is the promise. When he speaks his word alone, that's the promise. Okay. When we practice these principles, this is self-examination. No one likes to focus on self-examination. It's it, it's hard. I mean, it's less painful and much easier to focus on the flaws of other people. Oh yeah. Then for us to turn and, <laughs> and look and, at ourselves. Yeah, and look at ourselves, and then, oh my gosh, don't you tell don't you tell me what I need to work on? Because if I can't tell myself, you sure can't tell me. So we need to be open to be lifted up. We need to be open for a different point of view. Have you ever wondered why misery loves company? It's too painful to look at your own flaws. So let's get around someone else with a lot of painful issues and focus on them. You know, if I'm miserable about something, I need somebody next to me that's miserable. That way we can both talk about miserable things. And in the, in the midst of the conversation, I'm not really having to focus on my own self. Yeah. And so Jesus is now taking the what the Pharisees knew as the laws, and they were very good at memorizing through rhythms and songs and, and, and different scriptures and laws. But he's saying, now, let's not be clean on the outside only. Let's go to the heart of the issue. Let's get into the heart. So now we're going to have to examine ourselves to get in the heart. Okay. Christ continues his example in verse 39 through 42. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into the pit? Of course. We look at that and we say, that's obvious. But what he's doing is he's creating an obvious to illustrate another obvious. The next one is, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. All right. So here I just wanted to say that we should stop thinking that we've arrived when we gain knowledge. Heck, we can't even consider that it's possible that another point of view could be as right could be right as well. We think our point of view is the only right one. And I've got this this phrase that a guy I worked with told me one time and it was life-changing for me. It's not even biblical, but this simple little phrase that he told me, I I love it. Um 
But he said, sometimes there is more than one right way to do things. Yeah. Now, Isn't that true? Y'all, y'all probably heard that all your life, but when I heard that, it was life-changing because I thought, man, how dogmatic have I been thinking this is the way I can prove it because it meets the goal? Sometimes there's more than one right way to do things. And so we should be open-minded and not so condemning. But there's only one way to heaven. Oh, amen. <laughs> amen. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that's not what I'm referring to. That's not what you're referring to. No, I just make no, sure. No, I know I, that. No, I know you're not referring to that. Right, but just right. Just make sure. Right. Okay. Verse 41. Am I going too fast? No, you're doing fine. Okay. Verse 41. This, I hit this this week, guys, and this was new to me. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? comma, but do not notice the log that is in your eye. Okay. He says to his audience, why do you see? Why do you see that? Now, I'm telling you honestly, and let's think about his parable here, because we know about the log coming up. He says, why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye? If there's a literally if we literal literalize this, if there's a log in my eye, I can't see anything. No. Nope. I just can't. You get a log in your eye, sorry, or a plank or whatever you want to call it, a board or whatever. You can't see anything. But he says, why do you see? And I looked at that and I thought, the reason you see is because that's where your focus is at. Mm-hmm. So see, he's hitting the heart. He's not hitting the literal part. He's hitting the heart. You're focusing on somebody other than you. Yeah, you're focusing on somebody else's problems. You're focusing yep. on on seeing their flaws. Right. But we don't sit there and examine the way that we examine other people's flaws. We mm-hmm. don't examine our own flaws. Right, right. right. And, and when he says this... Um, okay, I'm going to go ahead and finish reading it. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye... But do not notice the log that is in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? Okay, it's not that the speck does not need to come out of your brother's eye. We're not saying that. Seriously, if there was a speck in your brother's eye, you would want to help get it out. However, I venture to say that you would choose to take him somewhere that had the proper tools to get it out, like a hospital or something, people that were trained, that had the knowledge and the ability to get this back. Honestly, if you had something in your eye, I'm not going to go get my electrical tools and also get my needle nose. Hold still. Hold still. Cook. Don't don't wiggle around. We're going to poke your eye. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take you somewhere because you're going to be squinting and your eyes are going to be going crazy and all that. And so... We need, we need help when that happens. Now, I'm also going to submit to you, if, William, if you had the ability to get a plank or a log out of your own eye, by all means, brother, I'm going to trust you to get a speck out of mine because I've known that you've been able to overcome that. And, and, I, and I think that's, you know, why God has taken through taking us through a lot of situations like you and I have both gone through a divorce Mm -hmm. and we're able to witness to people about that situation. You know, um, I had 
you know, trouble through my youth and all that. I'm able when I when I taught college and career, I could relate to them because yes. I I made it through that yes. because of of Jesus Christ, you know, yes. and what he did for me through those times. And we're able to, you know, just like you're saying, I'm able to take care. I was able to get through it. And why did I get through it? Because I relied on him. I'm able to show somebody else the way and to find that. Yes, yes. That's a that's a great segue. We're fixing to go into a break. Come back. We're going to talk a little bit about making good decisions. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country and your old car can really help them so call the veterans car donation program right now for free pickup of your vehicle help the vets and help your taxes at the same time call right now 800-470-0270-800-470-0270-800-470-0270 that's 800-470-0 with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, there's something you forgot to do. Hmm, it sure is hot. Are you sweating like a dog? Wait, what? Dogs don't sweat. Oh no, you forgot to get your window tinted. Whether it's the kitchen window that sits in the sun for the hottest part of the day, or you just got new wheels, call Sharp Window Tinting in Burleson. 817-615-9379 or look them up on the web sharpwindowtent.com Fast Track Student Loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800-709-4395. Serving Johnson County, Texas, Joko Community Radio. And welcome back to the show. Joko Community Radio is the voice of Johnson County, Texas. We are live 365 on the TuneIn Radio Network. 
To listen, simply go to www.tuneinjoco.com where you can download the free app or listen live right there. We are also streaming simultaneously on Spreaker.com with select shows streaming to Facebook. All of our shows can be found on any of our favorite of your favorite podcast uh, platforms. Check out our lineup on our Facebook event calendar or on our website. Thanks for tuning in. This episode and more is brought to you by Next Level Claims, making your insurance work for you. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash... <laughs> Next level claims for slash. I'm so sorry. She changed it up a little on me. So listen, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm just happy that Next Level Claims sponsors us. I promise you. So yeah. thank you, and Next Jason Level. Jason doesn't have to do that either. Yeah. None of us have to do that. Yeah. It, it, well, and right now is a perfect time if you are having insurance issues. Please contact because with everything that was going on, Next Level Claims can help you out. Very so. good, and I and I tell you, thank you, Nona, for being in here to do this, and we don't have to listen to all a bunch oh, yeah, of we just, dorky men voices. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's awesome to have a, a lady's voice in here. So. But we lost our two men because they're out taking care of water they're, main. They're out, yes. they're out. They're taking, out working and yep, all that. Yep, and, burly men working out there. I love it. <laughs> yeah, working hard. Yes. So thank you, Nona, so You're much welcome. for doing that with us. Okay, when we left off, um, we were talking about the spec. And again, I want to emphasize that the spec does need to come out. It's painful. It hurts. It's little bitty. It does need to come out. But you want somebody that's capable of getting it out, capable of not causing damage when the spec comes out. Are you seeing the the symbolism here? Yeah. If you're going to take somebody down the path of healing and you're going to walk with them, praise God for you. But make sure you're willing to stay there with them because there's nothing worse than somebody that's going to go through uh, healing in whatever the case is. And then somebody said, man, I got to go. This is too much for me. You know, rely on the on the, the Lord's strength and not your own. And um, I'm <laughs> it kind of make it scary for people. Oh, my God, I'm not going to help anybody now. But I'm just you know. saying the speck needs to come out of somebody's eye. But do it without killing the eye. You know, do it without causing damage. And that's where, you know, people that are trained to do those things, they need to do it. But listen, you don't have to be, as we were talking about in the break, you don't have to be an A-team player. In, or the, the so-called A-team player that we were talking about, those that memorized Scripture and became the title of rabbi. Yes. You just have to rely on God and say, look, Lord, I don't know what to do when I'm walking beside somebody right now. I don't know what to do, but I know that you know what to do. And I am weak in this area, but your strength is made perfect in my weakness. So as you move forward and walk with somebody, you're walking in God's strength. Oh, definitely. Not your own. And you just remember that he said, you know, like you always got on to Matthew and all that, how you were just so enamored by Way Jesus just said, follow me, mm-hmm. Matthew. Matthew got up and all that. He never told him where he was going. Oh, I know. He never yeah. told him where they were going. I still laugh at follow me. Then he, follow me, and everybody gets up. Yeah, everybody. But that's that's the power of God. That's you know? what our pastor, Ronnie Mel- Mary, I talked about this weekend from right. First Bertelson there. There you go. And, yeah, he, he talked about it a lot. Right, you know? right. Okay, so when you're faced with decisions like that, I heard this the other day, and, and I'm not smart enough to make it up myself, but I, I'm fine that I'm using it a whole bunch right now. You never want to make a decision when you're either hungry, 
because you don't make good food decisions at the grocery store if you're hungry. <laughs> we all know that. Or how about this one? When you're angry. Hangry? Yeah. When you're both of them. Well, hangry. You're, you're hungry, angry. That's a double whammy. But yeah. when you're when that's you're angry. That's angry. Yeah, that's angry. that's hangry. But when you're angry, you really don't. You're not making good decisions at that point, so you should probably cool down. Lonely. When you're lonely, oftentimes you start looking in the wrong places. I'm just calling the spade a spade. And tired. When you're tired, man, you're just like on exactly. your last bit of energy, and you might not be the healthiest person to make good decisions. But notice that hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, it spells halt. That's a way that you can uh, remember that. And I need things like that because I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. So <laughs> I, I remember it by the, the term halt. Okay, I'm about to make a decision, so I tell myself, halt. Am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? And if I'm any of those, then I might need some help in making my decision. And that's when you should surround yourself with good people. People that want to take the speck out of your eye. People that want to help you, but not from a condemning point of view. Right. And you want to be that person to others uh, to help them. Okay. Last part of verse 42. He says, and I'm going to go a little bit above, when you yourself do not see the law that's in your own eye. Jesus says, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. So he calls them a hypocrite. And when Jesus says that, he says that with great tenacity. I wasn't there, but I can feel it. Yep. You hypocrite. So I wanted to look that up, and I've, I've done some study on the term hypocrite before, and it's, it's pretty neat. Um, the Greek is pronounced Hypocrites, I butchered that, okay? But hypocrites, meaning actor or a pretender. Okay, remember that the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the laws, the scribes, remember that they had memorized law after law. Oh, yes. Okay, law after law. And that's good, but to pretend to do them flawlessly is not good. So the fact they knew what they said, hey, that's great. That makes you clean on the outside. Hey, I know all these laws. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, that guy's super spiritual. But what's he like on the inside? Jesus called them hypocrites. And so that's actually an acting term, hypocrite is, because uh, it was the term used back in the Roman uh Back when they, uh, I guess when they had the stages, the Roman, I don't know what you would call them, the big coliseums or whatever, and they act only males could act. Even if it was a female, they would hold the little face on a stick up in front of their face, and they were hypocrites. They were actors. They were pretenders. And women couldn't act, but all men could act. And so what they were at the face is not what they really were behind. It may show us smiling or angry or sad on the face, but that's not what they really yeah. were. So we've come a long way to the Marvel uh, movies nowadays, you know, with with all the explosions and Spider Man, and but that's that's what the, it was. A, it was an acting term, hip hypocrites, I think is how that's said. Okay, so let's not try to be something that we're not. Exactly. Let's not try to overdo it. Now. 
I, you've heard it said many times, hey, put on a smiling face. Yes, sometimes we need to put on a smiling face. But I had a guy one time, uh, I can't even remember his name, and I'm sorry about this, but back when I was about 25 years old, I would get to church early, and he'd be in there making the coffee. And I'd come in. It wasn't wasn't William, because William always makes the coffee. But, <laughs> but I would come into church, and uh, I'd try to get there before him to make the coffee. And I would ask him, I said, hey, uh, how's it going? And passing, you know, because you expect the, oh, man, good, how are you? Not this guy. You said, how's it going? He would say, well, starting on Monday, we did, and and he would tell me, literally, how's it going? And one day I asked him, I said, man, I'm sorry, I got to hurry. I didn't know you were going to tell me all that. And he said, I know that you didn't know that and expect that he said but you're young and i'm older and i just want to share with you that i'm going to be sincere when you ask me how it's going i'm going to really tell you he would always give me the story behind what's going on and i took that and i thought man he's he's not just putting on the front that that everything's fine so with my close friends when they ask me how's it going i'm like it's been a rough week you know and, and i try to be transparent in that way because my friends walk with me. My neighbors walk with me. They share that with me. And we pray for each other in those things. So a lot of people think, oh my gosh, I can't be that vulnerable. I get it. I get it. You got to work to that. It's like the Matthew West song that just, you know, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Oh, yes, yes. That's a great song. That's a great song. It really talks about that, you know, Mm -hmm, quite a mm -hmm, bit. mm -hmm. But I had to, uh, his last name was McBrayer. And I think it was Jim McBrayer, and he had a brother named Alan McBrayer. But yeah, it was a he would he and he we taught need, me that. Yeah, and when we do ask people how it's going, we do need to be able to be ready to sit down and have the yes. right and sit there and say, "Okay, hey, let me talk to you if you're having a bad day." Right. You know how can I help? Right, right. We we get we can, where we throw words around flippantly. Right. You know, and um, so now on, whoever sees me, they say. Hey, I want you to have a good day because if you ask me how it's going, it's on. I'm just kidding. I'm not going <laughs> to. But, but hip, yep. hypocrites, he says, you hypocrites, first take the log out of your own eye. Remember, he doesn't say don't help your brother. He said, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. That speck still needs to be worked with with your brother. Yes. It does. We still need to do, to, to, to do that. 43, for no good tree bears bad fruit. This is one that if you have your Bibles open, I want you to underline it. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and mark this because this 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 was what Jesus says right here is something you can base a lot of his teaching around. For no good tree bears bad fruit, <clears throat> nor again... Does a bad tree bear good fruit? Just doesn't happen. If you if you want to know what kind of tree it is, look at the fruit. Is it an orange tree? Are there oranges? Is it an apple tree? Are, are there apples? You know, look at the fruit. You can always tell the root by the fruit. Yeah. And the root is what makes it grow. So, and, and he's going to elaborate in on some more. Okay, so 
This is this is a convicting area for me, 46 through 49. And it doesn't have to be. So you're not be. going to sit on 43 a little bit here, huh? I, if You got something else? Well, you know, you can't fake the fruit, you know. Amen. Okay. You can't put a little plastic uh, apple out there. Yeah, you know, true. On the tree. Um, and, you know, one of the things, it, you know, you can't change the fruit, you know, you produce until you let Jesus change your heart. So that's the inside, the inside, the Once root, again, the root, like you were saying, you know, what's in the root, you know, is what's you know, going to come out. You can always tell the root by the it's fruit. The fruit. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this, so that's one of the things this is, this is just, you know, so important, um, you know, about the fruit that you produce mm-hmm. and that people see. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just, you know, important to us that people see that. And sometimes we have bad days and, and we're not going to have. The best visible fruit. No. So there, we also need to, to give allowances for each other in, oh, in, in, our, yeah, in our bad days. As Jesus says, yeah, yeah. for each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor grapes picked from a bramble bush. Here we go. This is not us bringing this up out of our own idea. He said, Jesus says, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. Yes. The evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So let Jesus change that heart. That's right. What needs to change, it is the heart. It is the heart. He tells us immediately right there that it it is the heart. So I'm glad we stopped there on that because that just emphasized that sometimes we can add too much into symbolism. Oh, that's not really what Jesus meant. But he breaks it down between 43 and 47, I think. No, no, 45. 43 to 45. He breaks it down and explains it specifically that it's a heart issue. Remember what he just talked about, the speck. It's a heart issue. Remember what he just talked about? He talked about becoming puffed up with your knowledge. It's a heart issue. And, and you know, I had a, like you were saying, you had a good young man that, I mean, an older man that was in your church. I had an older man that was in my church up back up in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And, man, he could just witness and everything. And he says so many people miss miss Jesus by 18 inches. They always have, they have all this knowledge up in their head, but they don't have it in their heart. Amen. And Amen. so it was such a powerful man. Yeah, yeah. So there, there are, I tell people, and, and you've heard me say, I didn't make this, it wasn't me, but there's no such thing as intellectual ascension. We will not be ascending into heaven because we have Scripture memorized. That's not what gets us there. It's no. a heartfelt change in our life. And Jesus is talking about the heart. That's what he's focusing on. He's not focusing on really a speck or a board. He's not focusing on grapes or figs. It's a heart issue. But but you can't change your heart. Mm -mm. You got to let Jesus change that heart, and then then that fruit will change on the outside. And trust me, Jesus can pull the plank out of his own eye. (laughs) He can. (laughs) So let him do. Let him do the spec. Definitely. Okay. So. Sorry, I jumped ahead. We're coming back and forth, but verse 46 through 49 is convicting for me. I feel is speaking to me more so than others, even though he is not. It's the way that I feel. 
Okay, so 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them. I have that underlined in my scripture. Mm-hmm. Well, one of y'all read 46. 46 through what? Just 46 to where it says, reads the word and does them. Mine, mine, uh, mine says a little bit different. Oh, so. read, read to 40. Uh, that's I'll read through 40, 47. Yeah, I'll start yeah. at the end of 46, 47. 46, 47. So why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. Puts them into practice. Mine says and does them. What do you got, uh, William? I got what? Um, mine says puts them into practice, yes. Okay. So this... The, Hearing them is one thing. Understanding what he wants is another thing. And then the final but step. Doing it is a is a different thing altogether. Now I want our listeners to understand this is not a doing for salvation. It exactly. is not. This is a doing because you are compelled by the love of Christ. The more you understand that you need Jesus, the more you want to do for him. And literally, if all of this is completely confusing, if all of, of what we're saying and studying, if there's a listener out there that is completely like, dude, forget it, you know, just forget it. I, I, I encourage you, just pray and say, Lord, give me ears that hear, eyes that see, and a mind that understands, because I don't know what your word is saying. Make this love letter be written to me. Definitely. Let it be written to me so that I can hear it, so that I can understand it. Because there is there are people that know Scripture backwards and forwards. And I'm going to tell you this. Go to church every Sunday, but they don't have a heartfelt change. Yeah. And he is not their Lord and Savior. He is somebody they know of. They don't have a relationship with. And I think this is, you know, like you said, this is very convicting. It's very convicting to me, too. And, you know... If you are not obeying Jesus' word, don't call him Lord. And don't mm, come on. And don't call yourself a Christian. Come on. Because I mean, it's what he's just saying right there. Yeah. You're not putting it to practice. Yeah, yeah. And and I wrote down here, why would we choose to call someone Lord if we didn't do what they said? I mean, what part of us are they really Lord of? Yeah. If we're if we're not gonna do it, if we're not gonna do what's said. And, and I want to say this too, to, to, to me, personalized to me, Jason, if you're having a hard time doing what God wants you to do as you read his scripture and you prep for these Tuesdays and Thursdays and, and Sunday and small group and just front porch sessions or whatever, if you have a problem, then you need to get on your knees, Jason, and say, Lord, I can't. Yeah. I need you to. Yes. I can't. I need you to. And that's when Lord says, Yes. Somebody that understands in his weakness, my strength is made perfect. That's scripture. Mm-hmm. We can't. So we need Jesus to be able to do that. All right. Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he is like. Here we go. Jesus is going to show us what that, what that person is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. All right, here we go. 
47 at the end of this verse, and does them. The things that Jesus teaches us are to be done, not just learned. And we have the promise attached to this. So I'm reading a book right now by Timothy Paul Jones. Um, He's a PhD, and the book is simply called How We Got the Bible. And so I saw that title. I'm like, man, I want to get that one. I was actually looking for another book. I was looking for Dietrich Bonhoeffer's The Cost of Discipleship. Yes. And I went in there and saw this one, and it was a little bit thinner. So I got, <laughs> I thought, that one's got color, so I'll get, I'll get that one. That's pictures. Yeah, it's got That's pictures. Y'all shut up. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So contrary to the first Christians in the early church at that time, it was an oral culture. The concept of being doers of the word was not being taught to them. Many people were trained from childhood to memorize entire libraries of laws and stories. During this period of time, God worked through this culture to preserve his word. I've read during the Roman rule and occupation, only half of the people knew how to read and less than that knew how to write anything. Jesus gives us a foundation on a rock to withstand the storms. So we have storms in this life, and I don't mean snowmageddon that we just came out of. You know, people have 20, you know, four inches of snow and five foot of snow and stuff, and and we're not used to it. We had five, six inches of snow and with ice, and we're not prepared to get it out of the way, so it's, it's devastating for us. But the people up north, they're prepared. They have the tools they need to clear things out, to get things ready. Okay, Jesus is telling us how to prepare for the storms of life. He's telling us, he said, listen, the storm is going to come. I'm trying to tell you how to prepare for it so your house is not devastated. Men, listeners, hear me out. You want to listen to this and be doers of this so your house is not devastated. Let me read it again. Okay. I will show you what he is like. This is somebody that is a doer of his word. This man is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against the house and it could not shake it because it had been well built. Let us work on, even though we're not perfect at it, it still should be a goal, work on being doers of God's word instead of just knowing what it says. Oh, definitely. Now, I don't mean doers as showing off and saying, look at me. Hey, I'm giving I'm giving bottled water down here to the homeless. I'm gonna I need to take a bunch of pictures so everybody can see it. Surely you will have your reward. But it's you're robbing yourself of the reward that Christ wants to give you. So you're not supposed to go flaunt about it and things like that. Simply to intellectually understand is not walking in the works prepared in advance for us. We can't just intellectually understand. We're going to ascend into heaven, but it's because Christ changed our heart. It's not because we're intelligent enough to memorize all of Scripture. That's not what gets us there. No. So in other words, it's like memorizing poetry. How does this help you in the storms of life? It doesn't. I'm sorry to all the poets out there. Honestly, I don't mean to criticize the poets. But Jesus is finishing out Luke 6, and he's telling us very specifically where your heart should be in belief of him as the Messiah 
where your heart should be in forgiveness, where our mind should be in learning a new way, because they, they were memorizers, they weren't doers, where our heart should be in judgment, how others can recognize our hearts are in the right place. Well, that's because of our fruit. And how we build a solid foundation in Him for our future, being able to withstand the storms of this world. He's giving us a path to take, and we're going to fail. We're going to. But He's got the bumper rails up too. Yeah, and I'm he glad. Tells us, he tells us to build our, you know, build our foundation on the rock. Dig deep. Dig deep. Dig, dig deep, deep and build it. And you know what? You may not think that you're a good builder. But I promise you, if your heart is in the right place and you're trying to learn and execute the things that God uh, teaches you and things you read and things you learn, and you've got a mentor that you're looking up to that is a, a godly man, and, and, and your heart's in the right place, man, you are building. You are building. You don't have to be a pastor oh, to build a foundation. You are building like nobody's business, and I'm so proud of all of y'all out there that are that are trying to do the right thing, trying to be doers of the word, trying to say, Lord, you change my heart. I can't do it. You change it. Well, that's when you're stepping back, and that foundation is being built by the greatest carpenter ever. Yes. And that's our Savior. Let him Je- do major surgery yes, on your heart. that's our Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, so... Thank you all for listening. That's all for this show. I'll tell you what you think. This is awesome. You wait till we hit seven. seven, seven. Luke, Luke seven. Well, it's probably going to take three shows to do Luke seven. I'll talk to you all next time. From Burleson to Venus and Grandview to Godley, this is the voice of Johnson County, Joko Community Radio.